Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to share their stories about raising special needs children. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and KDMD, and today we are pleased to be joined by a new and amazing fellow autism mama, Shannon Ganey of Adventures in Autism with Murphy. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So Shannon, can you kind of give everybody a little um, background and tell them a little bit about you and Murphy and kind of what your journey has looked like? Yeah, of course. So um, like Amanda said, my name is Shannon Ganey and I have a son, Murphy, who's five. Um, He was diagnosed with autism uh, when he was three and I live in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. So here when they diagnose with autism, they use the level system. And so it's, you know, levels one, two, or three, one being um, needing the least amount of support and three needing the most. And so he was diagnosed level one. You know, it's just kind of been not only a journey for, you know, him, as, but as much as for myself, you know, with um, coming into accepting autism and, you know, all of the things that present itself on this journey. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about us. Um, I do blog about our journey because, um, a lot of our family and friends really didn't know. So that way, you know, to kind of promote empathy, um, and, you know, have people walk with us. Uh, so it's not as lonely. So Shannon, um, in Ohio, um, we also, we had two diagnoses for Jackson, actually. Um, our first doctor did not use the level system, but our second doctor did. Um, and Katie, you guys use a di- uh, level system also, but you use it in your schools where we do not. Yep, we do use it in our schools and that is pretty much the way it is uh, straight across the board in our province. It's level one, two or three uh, for our son, Avery. He is, um, you know, he is considered a level three, so uh, severe and needs one-on-one support. Um, I think for a lot of kids, it really helps them to be in a level system. Um, I think it helps in, you know, where we live for even getting support and being able to navigate and it helps in schools. That's, that's, you know, it's something that I was always kind of against at the very beginning because I think I didn't have enough knowledge surrounding what that meant. If my child was a level one, level two, level three, what does that mean? But now as we have kind of grown and, and Avery has got older, you know, having Avery on paper in his IEP saying that he's a level three has definitely made things easier in regards to receiving services. So here, um, it just says autism spectrum disorder on your IEP, but a lot of my clients, and Shannon, this may be you or it may not, um, if they are diagnosed level one autism, a lot of our kids have a hard time getting that autism diagnosis on their IEP. Yeah, so we haven't, um, you know, started the IEP process. That's actually a goal of ours for this year because Murphy's in a early intervention program um, that is privately through our insurance. And so, you know, with him being diagnosed level one, it makes it a little bit harder for his daily life because his characteristics that come along with, you know, 
our journey in autism, it's like people kind of don't really, they don't either, you know, kind of think he's like severe enough to have autism. So he's like, oh, you know, he's just a normal kid. Um, Or, you know, they're kind of like, he presents so normal that when he does something, it's like, oh, well, wait, what's, what's going on here? You know, so it's kind of like we're stuck in the middle, um, you know, and there's a lot of aspects of our journey that he does require a lot of one-on-one attention. Um, And so, you know, quote the higher functioning label isn't super accurate uh, because yes, he is verbal, but we still struggle a lot with communication um, and expression, um, you know, and things like that. So, you know, it's kind of a catch 22 with, uh, with that when it comes to the label. Um, and I think a lot of um, people um, can relate to this. Um, like there's a meme floating around that says like high functioning does not mean easy autism. And the school, I think that's why our school system maybe doesn't use the level system like Canada does. But at the same time, if they get your medical report and they see level one, they're like, oh, well, let's do other health impairment or let's do developmental delay or something different because like in our state autism on your IEP means you have access to money to pay for outside what about you right and do you know um I don't think so I Louisiana is not the greatest when it comes to supports for special needs um but I you know kind of to piggyback off of that Amanda even the early intervention program we're in for you know my insurance covers but um our ABA therapist had to um, specifically write goals and actually watch the wording that she used because uh, she was afraid that his um, his support might be either decreased or taken away because of that of that diagnosis that he has of level one. So you know she made some pretty steep goals for him um, and really watched her wording, but we actually had to have a separate speech evaluation done, uh, because he is verbal, uh, because with the diagnosis of autism, you have to, um, prove that there's like a, a speech delay. And so we had to prove that there is a speech delay, except that it's in a social and emotional manner versus a verbal communication, um, manner. So, so yeah, it's a little bit tricky. Um, and you know, I was warned for this year that we could look, we could be looking at having to decrease some of his hours of ABA therapy because, you know, the in- insurance companies are going to want to see that start to decrease, especially with him being a level one. And I think that's so hard because then you feel like you can't celebrate their wins because it has to be a secret because you're afraid you're going to lose service. Correct. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Murphy, uh, you know, we've been having, a, you know, some aggression challenges um, that, you know, have nothing to do. I mean, they do have things to do with speech and, you know, things like that. But he still needs a lot of support uh, with ABA and with speech, you know, to get him to be able to feel more comfortable expressing himself emotionally and, you know, self-regulating. So we all know with autism, every child is different and progresses differently on the journey. Absolutely. So Shannon, did you seek um, a diagnosis? Was it brought up to you by um, your doctor or what did that look like for you? So that, 
that looked like um, a lot of denial for me. Um, you know, Murphy, it was is our first child. We have um, two children. Murphy's five, and I have a two and a half year old son, Merrick. And so, you know, when Murphy was born, everything Murphy did was our first experience. And so, everything he did, we thought was normal. I mean, we had nothing to compare it to. And so, um, you know, it it he started doing some things, and like, you know something kind of started to kind of like click in my head like I always had this like thought in the back of my head um but every red flag there's like two green flags that are telling you like oh don't worry about that that's okay you know like um he would he would do something that would flag and you know he we would go and we'd play on the playground and he'd be running around with kids and so you know he can't possibly be autistic if he's socializing autistic kids don't socialize you know um and I didn't know anything about autism. And so, you know, it was actually our speech therapist um, with the Early Steps program that was like, no, you need to get him evaluated, um, you know, or he needs services, he needs support. And, you know, she's the one who really um, prompted me to do that. And so, you know, I already knew that was kind of where we were going, but I needed somebody to tell me like, this is okay. So when, yes, it was very apparent when we went to get him evaluated that we we didn't have a specific diagnosis, like which level he was going to be diagnosed. But, you know, after, even before she met Murphy, um, you know, just the red flags that, you know, telling her about, she, you know, definitely, you know, basically told us there's going to be some type of autism diagnosis. So, you know, we had a little bit of time to like prepare and accept, but it took me a really long time. I don't want to say to accept autism, but just to, I guess just more to accept um, my new reality, you know, because I, I used to feel guilty because autism is a part of Murphy. I used to think that it was a separate entity. And so the longer I've been on the journey, I realized it's part of him and it's not that I never accepted him as a person it's just it was hard to accept that I'm now on this journey that I didn't ever think I would be on and maybe wouldn't have even picked to come on you know um but life has better plans for you so we um I thought I was heading into my um appointment for a speech apraxia diagnosis. Um autism wasn't even on my radar. None of our speech therapists had mentioned it. Our pediatrician told me my son didn't have autism. So it was a true shock to my system and I um shut down. I went into like a no, he has to be wrong. We'll see another doctor. And our second doctor diagnosed Jackson basically word for word without knowing about the first doctor. Um, so I had a brief period of denial and I think it's because I couldn't wrap my brain around this will be, this will change everything for the rest of our life. And I'm not saying yeah. that to be negative or it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah. It does change everything for the rest of your life. No, I think that's a good point. Like, I think that's a good way of explaining it, Amanda, is more denial than acceptance. Um, because I did accept that, you know, I did accept this was our new journey, but I was a little bit in denial about it. You know, um, I was in denial about the red flags, you know, and, and then on top of once he got that diagnosis, it was like, geez, like, have I like, like, have I like 
you know, set him back because I was selfishly not wanting to accept this reality, you know, like, um, that was really hard for me to kind of work through and, um, you know, it is, it's completely life-changing. Uh, it's not just, you know, I thought that Murphy would get the diagnosis of autism and all that would change is like more therapy appointments. You know, we'd be going to therapy more often and that's, I mean, that's as far from the truth as, as you can get. I mean, it changes your entire life and, you know, it's for us, it's, I try to look at the, at it positively, but there are really hard times on the journey. And I think that it's important for people to know that, uh, because nobody really told me that, um, you know, it was all more like, he's going to be okay. And he's so smart. And, you know, have you ever seen the movie Rain Man, you know, and Uh. You know, people, you know, um, people sending me like the video of Kate Swenson crying in her car, you know, after Cooper and her went to see Elmo, like, you know, all these things. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm just trying to process this. And, um, you know, and that's really why I share our story is because there's so, I think of all the moms out there that are on that fence with red flags, you know, and like deciding whether or not to get that diagnosis. And it's the hardest decision you'll ever make. But for us, it was really, I mean, it was the best decision I could have made for Murphy because it's helped him and supported him in so many ways. And I think Katie will agree with you there because um, Katie, you had to get a diagnosis for supports, correct? Yeah, Yeah. with Avery um, here, it's a little bit different. Like you really, you can't get funding and you can't, you really can't get anything unless if your uh, child has a diagnosis. So for us, you know, we were at this point of like Avery was getting older and we had to send him to school. And I was scared, so frightened actually to send him to school uh, without a diagnosis because he wouldn't have had uh, like one-on-one support. He wouldn't have had anything. So um, for us, it was like, the rush and kind of like all hands on deck to get this boy diagnosed and it was not a walk in the park by any means um and i'm so glad that we did and and we did what we could and um but looking back now i wish we would have started the process sooner or you know maybe had a different team that would have had the same you know, idea as us on the same track of like, you know, we need to get this done sooner. The quicker we get this done, the more help this little boy is going to have. Um, We had a very mixed, uh, mixed team, some really good people on him and some questionable people. So it made it really hard um, and not the greatest experience um, at the start of of doing all of this and getting, getting Avery diagnosed and, um, I can say that, you know, there were times throughout Avery getting diagnosed that, you know, there was a lot of guilt and a lot of frustration and a lot of feelings like, are we doing the right thing? Are we not doing enough? Are we doing too much? Like, should we step away and not, you know, throw like all the therapy at this kid? Like, you just don't know because no one's really telling you. Mm -hmm. So it's this very unknown you know, road that you're on and, and it's incredibly stressful and, and it can be very lonely at times. I wish there was, um, instead of that, we say that damn blue folder, a book that says, mm-hmm. 
it's not your fault, stop carrying the guilt. Because I think every single one of us has felt that, that mom guilt that you can't shake and it's not your fault. And no one is telling you that except for these other people who are looking from the outside in and don't get it. Oh yeah. That's what we need. I mean, I was That's what we all need. I was convinced that Murphy had autism because like I drank too much diet Coke when I was pregnant for him or like something I did. I did something when I was pregnant for him, you know, because yes, this was yes. my first, this was my first kid. Maybe, you know, I like ate blue cheese and that's what like, you know, caused him to have yes. autism or, you know, and it was so weird for me because I was always like super hypersensitive. As soon as I found out Murphy was a boy, like autism popped into my head and it became like this like thing that I just like obsessed about like and then I felt bad about that because I'm like maybe I put this into the universe for him and um you know it's it's through parents and through your support system that really help you through that guilt because I wish I think that's what I wish is somebody would have told me that what I was feeling was normal and valid and and you're not a bad parent for feeling you know like you do and you're not a bad parent for having the thoughts that you're you're having you know i can remember thinking did i forget my yes. prenatals like at certain times like i i an i hyper analyzed and drove myself crazy and i think that's where part of my like denial phase was was trying to figure out what i could have done different nothing would it have changed no. anything right. no but in that, but in that moment, that's all you can think. And I think every mom yeah. feels that. I mean, I, and, I scheduled and I think an it's appointment with Murphy's pediatrician when I was like eight months pregnant to talk about vaccines and like autism and, and if, if, you know, there was any proof behind that and should I space out the vaccines so that we don't risk having autism and like all of these things. And then, you know, when you're diagnosed, it's like all of those things rush back and you're like, wow, like am I like, I, I've been like, have I been thinking terribly about my child this entire time, you know, but it's, it's not, it's not that you're thinking terribly. It's just, you have to come to this realization that this is your new life and it's a new life that you have absolutely no idea. Like it is all unknown. You have no idea what your life is going to be like. And I think that that was the hardest part for me was, you know, you have all these plans, you have all these images of your kids in your head and what you want them to do and prom and, you know, all the things. And then it's like, you get the diagnosis and it's like, all that goes out the window, you know? And, and, you know, it starts to slowly come back and you realize that, your journey is just going to be different and it's different timing and Murphy's going to do Murphy and be Murphy in his own time in his own way. And you come to appreciate and love that. Um, but it's a lot to work through. It's a lot mentally to work through. It's such a, um, it's ever evolving. I think is, Oh, you know, absolutely. It's ever evolving. Just when you yeah. think you have it figured so out, Shannon like something else pops up and you're like, Oh, nope don't have it figured out at all. Like I'm just scratching the surface oh, here. Yeah. yeah, we're living that right now with uh, new medications. That's, that's the story of our life right now. <laughs> so Shannon, we like to ask every mama who comes on, um, what is advice that you would give to that new mom who just received her diagnosis, doesn't know what to do next? Um, I think that I would find I would find a support group and I would start therapy. 
Um, I know that sounds terrible, like, like so morbid, but I feel like if I would have, if I would have had a big support group in the autism community, I had a couple friends that were like, you know, my village and kind of guided me because they were, you know, on this journey before me, which I was super thankful for. Um, but you know, being on the journey and, you know, meeting all of the people that I've met, um, it just makes you realize that you're not alone and that you're, you, you're supported. Even when you don't feel supported, you are supported. And I think that, you know, therapy is huge because you have to be your best self in order to be the best for your child. And so, you know, if you're not your best self, then it's going to make the journey all that much harder. And that's not something that you or your child, you know, need. Um, so those would be my two things, um, that I would recommend That's I wish somebody would have told me, um, because it makes a world of difference. Well, and I think it goes back to, you can't pour from an empty cup and we always put ourselves last. That's just, I think our nature as mothers. That's what I was going to say is that naturally, um, you know, you do that. And I think that it's really common when you first get the diagnosis. I mean, I know for me, I just started Googling everything and I started calling everywhere and autism was 24 seven on my mind. I didn't care about anything else, you know, except autism. And, you know, it's like, I remember a good friend of mine, she has two kids on the spectrum and she would look at me and say, that's enough autism for today. Like you need to step away. (laughs) And it was true. And, and, and people in moments like that really saved me because it's, it can all encompass you, you know, and, um, the autism's not going away. You have an entire lifetime with it and an entire lifetime to figure it out. So I think, you know, just taking baby steps and knowing that, you know, your child is, is going to lead you. You just have to be willing to follow. Um, and so it was really hard for me to let control, let go of control. But once I did that, and once I realized that Murphy's going to do Murphy and Murphy's going to be Murphy and it's going to be in his own timing and we're going to get there, it's just going to be on his terms. Um, that really helped me out because I was able to relinquish that control and just let him lead me, you know, and then I was able to better support him. Absolutely. So Shannon, can you tell um, anyone listening where they can follow you on social media to um, learn more about your journey? So y'all can find me on Facebook. That's where I'm probably the most active um, at Adventures in Autism with Murphy. It's spelled M-U-R-P-H-Y. And then um, I'm also on Insta as well. Um, same um, handle adventures in autism with Murphy what I realized after making my page is that there are a ton of adventures in autism Uh, but Murphy is the only Murphy out there so if you can find adventures in autism with Murphy that is us Uh, because he's the only Murphy out there so um, so yeah I'm pretty much on Facebook and Instagram um, mostly I do have a link to my WordPress on my Facebook but WordPress is so that's another animal um, for another day, but I do have a WordPress as well. Well, we will be sure to link um, your pages in the description so that people can um, find all of that there. And thank you so much for joining us. It has been so wonderful and I know it'll help. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, ladies. Have a good night. Bye.